1: Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on ninety eight point seven ESPN.
3: I'll tell you what, has been a lot going get on, up man. This morning, on we finally ESPN. get to pay some things forward, man. It was Bird's tripping. Now birds we got some action, right? We got some action.
1: We we have some action. What do you mean?
3: We had some action. We had a lot of allegations going on uh, and speculation. Oh, 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 you mean that kind of action. The allegation from yesterday got, yeah, that we, was then shot
1: down, that then beca- that came to fruition a little bit later on in the it's day. It's only shot
3: down if you didn't report it. Ain't that mm-hmm. some stuff? Mm-hmm. It's not true until I say it. Nah. That well, don't make well, it's it more true. like, well, Mike LaFleur wasn't fired. Man, come on, son. They parted ways. Come on, son. Like other people were call, like other people were calling for him to be a, a nah, offensive coordinator. Nah, she didn't leave me,
1: dog. We just parted
3: ways. <laughs> yeah, I broke up with her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like uh, when you st- uh, step down when when administrators it's like if you don't do it, like hey, we're gonna fire you. You can step down. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna step down for a I'll little tell you what, bit. It's I, less I, embarrassing. Yeah. I like, come on, man. This dude was the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Where is he going to get an offensive coordinator job other than somewhere else? He's going to go work for his brother and be the quarterback's coach. He's not going from one offensive coordinator after his team was 31st or 32nd in the league the last two years. I don't he, know. That, they get you a promotion? Come on, son. Stop I, it. I mean, th- technically – Stop it.
1: The The way it was reported stop. to us – Okay. Is that reported, that as word got out that there might be a change, team started reaching out to see if he was available, and the Stop. Jets said, We're not gonna get in his way.
3: Stop it. Get out of the way is, for what?
1: I'll say this though. Robert Solomon, like you want a friend like him. Don't you? Like like yeah, you can you say do. whatever you want about him as a coach, no, no doubt, but as no a doubt. man, you want a friend like that because what he wouldn't do is fire Mike LaFleur. What he wouldn't do is fire him, so he bought some time. <laughs> Semantics, I know, but hey, again, I I want you doing that for me. I would yeah. want when when they when when ESPN finally realizes that I am not at your level and you need a better host. Stop that that it. that they that they would come to you and say Bart, you got to find somebody, go I'm get no somebody better than that guy, and 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 the show will take off. And you don't want to do do that. You don't want to do it like that. No, I just walk away. So I then you see. tell me hey, there's some opportunities here and here. And then you work it out where it's like so Alan's good. leaving the so show man, good. for gotcha. a better opportunity. And now I'm not looking at you like, yo, like you fired me, man. Like <laughs> instead, right. I just helped you out.
3: So basically they Latoya Lucky You don't want nobody get Latoya Lucky? Like, all right, no, you too cute, you too cute. Like yeah, Beyonce, yeah. is the only one that can be super cute here. Uh, you got to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick her out of the band. <laughs> like they, you'll never get, you'll <laughs> never scre- get over that, will you? Scre-
3: they screaming her name, like <laughs> Latoya, you're like whoa, 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 whoa. I'm Beyonce. You, up, you will nah, never you- get over that will nah, you? you too close to me.
1: Destiny's Child could still be here to get today making music if Beyonce did not have a problem with Latoya.
3: Because it was about that, or it's about her daddy wanted to get with, it, wanted to get with her. Oh, damn. It was one of those. That's not good either. You know what I'm saying? She's fine. I mean, are you though.
1: speculating, or is that something that's – that's? Uh...
3: I think that's been out there. I think that's been out there. Has she, it? She definitely was blindsided with being removed. She only did one song, and she was gone. Mm-hmm. She was booty She's Like, oh, damn, she is booty <laughs> Yeah, I say that. I'm the only anus you look at. <laughs> you know, Kelly got the little flat booty, and Michelle is, like, skinny as hell. She ain't got no – she got She got NASA tall. You know what I'm saying? But Latoya – I had that jelly. We Must are, be jam, cause jelly don't move like that.
1: We are four minutes and thirty-four seconds into the show, and it's already heading in the wrong direction. I made the I made a playlist. I know you didn't listen to it, but okay. I actually was on the train yesterday, bored.
3: Yeah, that's why. That's why. You and I took list.
1: all the songs that we were talking about. About we, we called it Blue Eyed Soul, right? Yeah, yeah. And we found like the I, I all the ones we talked about. And I made a playlist. It's like an hour's worth of music, like fourteen songs. Yeah. And it's uh, 13 See, different artists.
3: I appreciate that. But and we forgot, still, Tina you,
1: Marie, the ooh-la-la. La.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that song good. That and, and Square Biz is like one of her. Fire I put Square Desire Biz on her. there, too. Fire and Desire with her and um, your boys, you right. know what I'm saying? All All right, right, well, let's get to let's let, let, let's let's like business. Let's get to Like a child.
1: Yeah, let's get to business. We were just kind we of like just getting warmed up, but let, let's get to some news today because just a few minutes ago, about a half hour show ago, Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, did speak with the media. And Rich Cimini, who's been covering the Jets forever, uh, was there, of course. And he joins us right now to give us, I, I guess, some of the, if if there was anything said that was of significance, uh, the important stuff that was said. So, Rich, thanks for joining us. I know you're in the midst of trying to write a story, so thanks for the time. What was the no most problem. important thing that Woody Johnson said in your mind in this uh, sit-down with the writers?
2: Well, thanks for having me, guys, first of all. Uh, I think a couple of takeaways jumped out to me. one. That he said he will uh, quote absolutely be willing uh, to uh, spend big for a veteran quarterback this offseason. and uh, someone asked him, you know, no matter what the cost, and he goes, well, of course we have a salary cap, but he goes, he thinks that's the uh, missing piece for this team. So I came away thinking we're really reinforcing what I thought coming in: is this team's going to do everything possible to bring in a uh, you know a, an established starting quarterback, and he reiterated what Robert Sala has been saying the last couple of weeks. They're not going to give up on Zach Wilson. Clearly, it seems like Zach will be back as a backup. And the other takeaway, I know fans get excited about this or it kind of touches a nerd. There was no playoff mandate from Woody Johnson. I asked him directly, do Robert Sala and and Joe Douglas have to make the playoffs in 2023, and he says, I don't do mandates. But uh, I think reading between the lines, I think he clearly felt this team was good enough to make the playoffs this year. In fact, at one point he said, I think we're loaded. So, reading right between the lines, I, I think there kind of is a uh, mm-hmm. a tacit mandate, although he didn't want to say it publicly.
3: Well, Rich, it's only a short list of veteran quarterbacks that can change a franchise, one being Derek Carr, possibly Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields as far as in a trade, and Jimmy G., we would have thought that Jimmy J would have been a strong candidate because of the connection with the system. But now, with the um, coordinator gone, do we have any idea what the system is going to be? Because I always believe that the system should have been a gap scheme with Makai Becton and really firing off the ball and not this lateral um, Shanahan Kubiak system. Do we have any idea of what type of coordinator they're looking for? And when you talk about firing no, it's offensive it's a good- line coach.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, they fired your offensive line coach as well. So it's a good question. In fact, we spoke to Robert Sala also today, and he's been such a proponent of the Shanahan West Coast offense for the last couple of years, but now he says, you know, he's not married to that. So he's willing, they're casting a wide net for their their next coordinator, and so I think he's willing to use a different system. Uh, you know, there are certain philosophical things that I think he'd like to maintain, but uh, look, he's a defensive-minded coach, so the running game is always going to be important. That's why the idea that they would hire Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator, I've seen that mentioned on some list, that that's just not a a good marriage with, yeah. you know, a defensive-minded head coach. So, uh, yeah, so I think he's willing to, uh, to embrace a different system as long as it falls under uh, – some of the philosophies that he he wants to
3: keep going. I mean, underrated is that they um, decided to move on from the run game coordinator slash offensive line coach. Um, we know who the best in the business is, and Woody says he's willing to spend money on a quarter on a quarterback. Would he spend the money to reunite? the Jets with Bill Callahan? Because if you're talking about upgrading your offensive line to of run game, it stops and starts with Bill Callahan. And not saying it's particularly yeah. as a coordinator, but assistant head coach, however you have to get him in the building.
2: Yeah, he's a re- you know he's probably the best. Every, every Jet player I've talked to over the years always raves about Bill Callahan, and I think he's got a sterling reputation. So it'll be interesting. I mean, John Benton, their O-line coach this year, had a really interesting year. I mean, you could argue that I thought he was doing a really good job for the first half of the year with all the injuries they had, and then obviously the, toward the end of the year they just couldn't they couldn't gain a yard running the ball. I mean, literally there was there were times where they could not gain a yard, and so they started I think ten different offensive linemen this year, but from what I heard, I don't think the players were too happy with Benton. So I think uh, I think there was some push in there, and that led to the uh, or contributed anyway to his dismissal.
1: All right, Rich Cimini joining us right now covering the Jets of course Woody Johnson the owner of the team just had a Q&A with the media uh, this morning so we're getting the latest on that and one thing you said Rich just a few minutes ago was that Woody Johnson did acknowledge he's willing to spend big for a quarterback I mean basically thinks it's the missing piece whatever it can take I mean what would be logical or likely candidates and even though right now you know i'm going to throw a name at you that would be expensive, not well financially of course, but also expensive in assets, but might not be a, a realistic option, but still is Lamar Jackson because of what it would cost if the Ravens were ever willing to move on from him, is everything on the table in your mind, or are there' some that just no that's not going to happen
2: I think everything's on the table i mean I, I came away with the distinct impression that Woody Johnson thinks this team is one player away from being A Super Bowl contender. That's while I don't personally agree with that necessarily. I mean, you know, they have work to do in other areas. I came away thinking he's thinking to himself, man, if we could just get a a really good quarterback, we're on our way. Um, So Joe Douglas doesn't like to part with assets like trade assets, first round picks. So certainly if, if Lamar Jackson became available, and that is a huge if. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on there in Baltimore that we don't know about. And so if he were to become available, uh, you know, I think Joe Douglas would be interested. He's interested in every player that becomes available. But I think more realistic options would be like a Derek Carr, a Jimmy Garoppolo. Carr's situation is is evolving as we speak. It sounds like he's going to be traded. And Mm -hmm. uh, you talk about Woody Johnson. We asked him about paying big bucks. If you trade for Derek Carr's contract, that's two years, seventy-five million dollars. So, is he willing to pay that much? Well, we're going to find out in uh, in a few weeks.
3: What's the uh, Jets' uh, most pressing need, in your opinion? Where do you think they're going to go? I mean, first thing that usually comes up is Senior Bowl, but you know, free agency is the next thing. Um, I know they're going to say they're going to look to improve their team wherever they they got. But last year, they really attacked off season. I don't know if Langton Thompson kind of panned out like we thought he would. Uh, DJ Reed did. Um, where do you see them going? Do you see them shooting big in free agency as well um, as far as a guy like Orlando Brown Jr. who played under the fran- fran- uh, franchise tag, who I think could really be a upgrade and give them some stability to move away from fat And if Beckton's not ready? Yeah, I
2: mean, Bart, it's uh... – It's quarterback and offensive line. This team Mm -hmm. needs an influx of talent on the offensive line, preferably young talent. That's why I think if you were a betting man and you were betting on what the Jets would do with the 13th pick in the draft, I think they would draft an offensive tackle. Um, They need a center. I don't think there are any centers that are considered first-round talents, so maybe they have to go free agency to find their center. So this is... Look, Joe Douglas came here a few years ago. He made the offensive line uh, the number one priority, and here we are, you know, in his fourth offseason, and they're going to have to rebuild the line again. So that's not the greatest situation to be in. But I, I say offensive line without a doubt. I mean, it, it has to be. Uh, I'm talking like either two or three premium mm-hmm. acquisitions on the offensive line to get it where it needs to be.
1: Rich, we know where the Jets are right now as a franchise. The roster is intriguing because there's a lot of young talent here. But what is a probably, you know, uncertain situation is the head coach. Because if, you know, you said there's no edict, but he has to say that publicly, because if not, who will want to come in as an offensive coordinator? At least who with any type of credibility or resume would want to come in with the concern that if, hey, if we don't get it done, the whole thing could be blown up and you might not be here for long. So does that hurt them in any way that, you know, Sala is not exactly on thick ice, I guess, even though the owner is saying no, no, no mandates, no mandates. You just said it yourself. It feels like there kind of is. Yeah. I think I I
2: think you've asked me this question before in the past. I mean, been, uh, several times. We kind of go through this every few years. <laughs> right. It seems like that question comes up. So it's a moment of deja vu here for me. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a team that's probably in a make or break situation for the coaching staff next year. Uh, A team without an answer at quarterback right now. And so those are the two most important things for a prospective offensive coordinator. Who's the quarterback and how much job security am I going to have? Now, I will present the other side of the case. I think Woody Johnson's going to be willing to spend a lot of money to make it to fix it on offense. So I think that would be intriguing for a candidate. And also, you have a couple of really, really good players. I mean, Garrett Wilson, we saw what he can do. I think Brees Hall, he'll be healthy next year. And uh, while it may take him a little bit of time to get back to 100%, we saw the talent. And then you have a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker on the offensive line, uh, was having a Pro Bowl type year. So there are some pieces there on offense. And also you have a a really good defense. The Jets finished, I think it was fourth in defense. So that helps an offensive coordinator when you know you don't have to score 30 points a game every week. So those are some of the intriguing parts of it. But I do agree with you that the the sense is it's going to be a hard sell.
1: All right. all right. Then then give me, because we're just going to see a million names now. You're going to see all kinds of names and suggestions, who they could get, who they should bring in, all that stuff. But if you if you have, from your intel already, give me at least two to three names that you're like, these are the likely candidates. It's going to be one of these two or three guys. Do you have that yet, or is it way too early well, in the process?
2: Yeah, well, I think Daryl Bevel from Miami is is an obvious candidate because um, he and Sala spent a few years. They know each other from Seattle. Salah was in Seattle when Bevel was running that offense. Bevel's had success. As an offensive coordinator, when he had Russell Wilson, all those years they were a top ten offense for a few years in a row. He's now the quarterbacks coach slash passing game coordinator in Miami under McDaniel. So you know he he runs a similar type offense. So I think that'd be a fairly seamless transition. And the other guy that Sala knows from his past is Nathaniel Hackett. You know they were together Uh-oh. in Jacksonville, and I, <laughs> obviously he was a, he was a train wreck as a head coach, but. Um, you know he did do no he didn't call plays in green bay right and Matt, but he was with yeah he was with Rodgers and Lafleur in, in green bay and as i mentioned he was with sala and jacksonville so there's a connection there so those would be the two most likely names i think a name now frank wright will mention him because he's a former head coach i think he's interviewing with carolina for their head position if i'm not mistaken but he's a name that's been mentioned to me he was with philly when when joe douglas Right. Obviously, was in Philly when they had that success. So, I, I would say he's a real long shot. Simply, I think he's just going to have better opportunities. But those would be the three guys, I would say, to keep an eye
3: on. Well, Rich, when you think about it, right, who decision is it? Is it a Joe Douglas decision? Or is it a Robert Solid decision? Or is it a Woody Johnson decision and Joe Douglas decision? Because it, I, I know if you ask uh, Robert, he probably would say he didn't want to fire Lafleur. So, if that's the case, how's the relationship between Woody and Robert? And do you think that, you know, it could be fractured a little bit, with the fact that he seemingly was forced to cut his friend?
2: It's a valid point. I, I We asked Woody Johnson just a short time ago, and he said he didn't – he had no input into that decision. <laughs> he said he, he gives his opinion. You know, he sometimes will challenge – and Douglas, you know, and argue with them, and he used the word argue, and but he said ultimately that's the coach's decision on the mm-hmm. coaching staff. So, how, how much sure you I entirely believe that. Yeah, I I, was gonna... I believe that Woody Johnson absolutely was exerting pressure to have Michael LaFleur removed. So, I'm glad you said that um, part,
1: because you've been covering the yeah, team for I mean, a long just, time. <laughs> There's no way you believe that.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, you talk to people, and Alan, covering a team, and, and You you kind of form a conclusion, and the conclusion I I drew from this is Robert Sala, if he had his brothers, would would have kept Mike LaFleur. He he went out publicly about a week ago and advocated very strongly on Mm -hmm. why it would be important to keep LaFleur. And so here we are a week later saying that, uh, you know, he's gone and he's got other opportunities, and I'm sure he's got other opportunities, but Uh, Is it for a coordinator job? Is it for a head coaching job? It's obviously not for a head coaching job. So he's going to make a lateral move or a backward move. And so really it makes no sense. But I could see them not wanting to come out just for, you know, appearance purposes. They say they didn't didn't want to say they fired him. Um, But they're moving on for him. Clearly they wanted him to move on. And so, yeah, I mean, I thought it, it had to be a really tough spot for Robert Sala because we know how close he is to the LaFleur family. And uh, had to be a tough one
1: for him. Yeah. Hey, Rich. I know you got a lot of work to do today. I Appreciate you jumping on here, just giving us, you know, the the nuts and bolts of what the owner of the Jets had to say at the end of yet another disappointing season. Thanks so much. You're welcome, guys. Have a good one. All right, Rich Tumminia. Again, I mean the the main the main things we take from uh, what Rich said that Woody Johnson had talked about with the writers is he's willing to spend big for a quarterback as much as obviously the cap will allow. Uh, he believes that's the missing piece. In fact, Rich went on to say he, it seems like he thinks they're one player away from being a Super Bowl contender, uh, that they're not giving up on Zach Wilson. He'll be part of whatever they do going forward, but clearly they're not looking at him as the starter for next year. That, and then it adds there's no playoff mandate for next season, not these guys have to make the playoffs or okay. their jobs are at jeopardy. So, Bart, just a couple of your reactions to these.
3: One, that might be the major, the, the biggest contradiction I ever heard in my life. You're willing to spend no matter what for a quarterback, but you, ha- you haven't given up on Zach Wilson. Well, how can you, he he's going to be your backup quarterback. You're going to pick up his fifth-year option. Like, if you go out there and you spend $70 million in two years on Derek Carr, at some point you're going to want some relief from that pressure. You're going to extend him if he looks like he's a good quarterback. So, if you're out there looking for that type of quarterback, then Zach Wilson's probably done. Like, stop it. Like And you have to consider not just your second quarterback if he's going to be your backup. you got to consider having a high-quality third quarterback that potentially you can go to and, and, and say, okay, you know what? You, you're going to start. Even though Zach Wilson is technically the backup, we believe in you more. So that's not all true right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's – and then, you know, the, the whole thing that, you know, Woody didn't get involved in the decision to get rid of LaFleur. So he offered his opinion,
1: Douglas? is what Rich said. He did he, did, he did that's acknowledge, like, that, that, that's I offer like, my opinion, okay, I, but I don't tell them what to yeah, do.
3: Yeah, we all got kids. Yeah, I <laughs> I probably think you should go in your room and, and be quiet um, because I may come in there and it may it may get um, right. coyote ugly up in that thing. Yeah. yeah. I can suggest stuff to my kids because they know at the end of the day, if I say it, it's pretty much a done deal. That's what it is. Pretty much means you should probably do it, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: 800 3776 of course, is the number. I'm sure a lot of Jets fans want to react to this. The owner speaking, it's basically his eulogy of another season that's 12 in a row now without a playoff appearance. It's a very long time <laughs> to not at least else. once make the playoffs. It's incredible to think, but it is a reality. And Woody Johnson has been the owner throughout this entire drought. And so you you know he has got to, at this point, want to put an end to this thing. How's he going to do it? He believes it's simply at the quarterback position. And that puts the Jets in a tough spot too, Bart, because when you identify that as we need this, everybody else knows it too, including agents who have their – like, again, I like Jimmy G, or whether it's the Raiders who know you'd like to to trade for if if Derek Carr gets cut or not. I I doubt it. But, like, there's – I mean, there's just a lot of things here now at play where the whole league knows you are desperate for a quarterback. And can you wait out some other situations too? Like you mentioned, Justin Fields. It doesn't sound like the Jets want to go that route. It Lamar, sounds like they Lamar want to go Jackson. with a vet.
3: Lamar Jackson. Because and that's another gonna one. Get, they're not going to give Lamar Jackson that much power in Baltimore. The more times he gets – listen, yeah. he, it, it, when you look at the fact that he's missed 11 games uh, in the last two years, he has no leverage to say, I want a guarantee contract. But if he's still on that, he can say, you know what, franchise tag me. And if you franchise tag him, then he, he got you by. Because if you franchise him again, it's going to be even more. Then, you know, mm-hmm. that's the reason Kirk Cousins is the highest paid quarterback in football for the last five years because he basically had a five-year guaranteed contract, three in Minnesota, and two franchise tags in a row. So, I don't know if the, the Ravens would want to do that and then Lamar Jackson walk away without any compensation. You know, I, I – I, they would probably want to do it if something's going to happen. It's going to happen now. So either Lamar Jackson has to come off the guaranteed $250 million, $230 million. Or the Ravens got to say, you know what? We can't depend on you in in the late uh, rounds anyway. You haven't mm-hmm. been able to get take us to the playoffs, and he's not available you right stay now. Can't healthy, and you're not available. And yeah. the time we needed you the most, you couldn't you couldn't show up. And John so Harbaugh stopped talking
1: about it. Like like they keep asking, him, is he going to play this weekend? And John John Harbaugh stopped talking about it. So yeah. it, it shows you that they are in a much different place now than they were midway through the season when it felt like Lamar was playing himself into a, a huge contract. So. Is it something that the Jets have the patience to watch and monitor and see, or do they have to jump on the very first opportunity they get? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles, and really Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
0: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays
1: at noon on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. Let's talk to uh let's go to Albany. Talk to Mike. What up, Mike?
3: Hey, what's going on, fellas? I gotta yeah. say first, I've been waiting for y'all to get some special ed playing on that. See? Good job by you guys. See? All right. But uh but my thing for the Jets, I mean, I hear all this Derek Carr, uh, all these different Lamar Jackson, all that stuff. What about the Jets trying to make a play for Aaron Rodgers? After that game, he seemed like he was pretty much done with the Packers. So, I mean, if he's got a, a good two or three years left in him, why not pursue that? I would. I'd give him $100 million for two years. Why not? How does that exactly. work,
1: Bart? If he's got 60 coming to him from the yeah, Packers. Yeah, guaranteed.
3: But the Packers won't do it because it messes up. They still got to carry so much dead cap space. Mm-hmm. You have to give him so much. You have to give him so I'm much make sure it, it makes they up for the this, that, remember, this is the second year of a $150 million deal. So the, the dead cat space is ridiculous. So like for, for you to make it make sense to um, Green Bay, you have to give them so many assets that they can wait two years and say, okay, this is about what it would cost us and this is what we lose and to carry that dead cat space.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, the fact that Samini gave us Nathaniel Hackett as a viable option as offensive coordinator – the only, yeah, but, but, man, the only way I accept that. The only way I accept that.
3: No, okay.
1: I got you. <laughs> right? No, seriously. Is that, isn't well, that the only they, way well, you accept it thought, is if it means they that Aaron Rodgers to... I know. That's yeah. probably why I got hired there. And Excuse it didn't me. work out. I don't know. I just feel like we're, we're like, like, it's almost like we're, we're embarrassing ourselves with some of the options we're trying to consider when yeah. in reality we know what the options are going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like the Derek Carr thing is a really Geno interesting stuff. thing because the the Raiders have until it's like a couple of days after the Super Bowl that they would have to cu- they'd have to cut him. So they have from now until then to trade him. And if you know that they have to cut him why would you trade unless it's you're trading just nothing like, you know, I got an extra, you know, 5th round pick, I'll give it to you just so I can get him and it's over with. I just don't know. If you're the Jets, do you do you rush into this or not? That's all I'm saying. Do you just grab who can you get right away so you, you, you have this now plan and then you can get an OC who said, all right, well, now I got a guy like a vet who, who's an, a quarterback, all right, I'll come and take that job. Like, it's almost like which, which one's going to come first, the offensive coordinator or the quarterback?
3: Yeah. That's, and is it a mandate to be able to fix Zach Wilson? If that's the mandate, then a lot of people ain't going to take it. I
1: don't think it should be on anybody to have to fix him. He just has to get himself right. And if he doesn't, you just move on. Right. That's true. That, that, that's how it has to be.
3: It has to be. It has to be. I mean, if he became somebody something, that's a bonus.
1: Yeah. So Carr feels like he's going to be gone. So I think he already knows. He already wrote a, a letter. He already wrote a letter. Yeah, he's already. Yeah. Like so he's already going that way. So we'll see, you know, the rest of it, of course. And, and is he like the best option for the Jets? If we were like to power rank the best options, the logical options, because the Tom Brady stuff sounds fun, but you and I both kind of agree that if he's going anywhere, it'd probably Miami. Uh, And then, of course, the other one is the Aaron Rodgers thing, like the caller just brought up. And once again, that just doesn't feel like reality. Reality feels like Garoppolo, Derek Carr, like those feel like the real options. It's the biggest question is is are you really going to be able to get which one, which one fits best, and which one will? What's it going to cost? Because I just don't know when Woody says I'll spend whatever it takes to get a quarterback. What quarterback is available? Lamar Jackson also feels like one of those that's a shot in the dark as well. Yeah, and I don't know if you can spend enough time waiting on those when other options that
3: yeah, that, feels, that feels like a draft time, yeah, type of transaction.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. April. Which I don't know if you can wait that long. All right, 800 919 3776. We'll get more calls in here in a moment, but Bart, um. I, it's all like just extra NFL stuff here, but so if we have a Bills-Chiefs AFC Championship game, which we could very much have one. In fact, I think we'd all root for it because the history between these two teams has been fun. It almost feels like the unfinished business. This game, because of what happened with the schedule, because of the unfinished game between the Bills and this and the Bengals, the league said if these two meet in a championship game, it will be at a neutral site. The neutral site has been determined. So how about playing this game in Atlanta?
3: Hold up.
1: That's where they're going.
3: That's neutral? Foot that's neutral for Kansas City?
1: Well, why wouldn't it be? It's Atlanta. It's the South. That's, it's pretty it's pro it's pretty far from both cities. Uh, but if you think about it, there'll be no weather impact on this game whatsoever. And true. I'm not sure if that's like, there's a part of me that almost feels like, why can't they just both play in Chicago?
3: What a good, what a good thing. <laughs> right? There. Like, yeah. both teams
1: play outdoors, yeah. and it's January. You're going to have these two teams play each other in a dome
3: in Atlanta? Yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, Atlanta is a is a safe destination. Um, it's a newer, more modern um, stadium. You know, the, the, the Chicago Bears stadium isn't new. They're trying to move out and find a new home themselves. Their camera angles suck. Um, when you think about um Atlanta. I'm just making
1: up a city that would have the weather that would be kind of similar to what right, you are right, get right, in right. Buffalo or right, Kansas right, right. City.
3: Well, I think both of them don't, don't mind because it's not like they're two ground-and-pound, running-the-ball type of teams, and they feel like they're going to lose an advantage because now you know one team has is faster on defense or yeah. their service fast. They want both of their receivers to be able to get off the ball and be able to to, to be fast. So right. Atlanta is a is perfect place. They're, they're a great host city. No, no, there's uh, nothing wrong with the city. They, they, there's nothing they, they wrong with the, went, the arena. I they could have the went to or- they could have went New Orleans too. They listen, the but you NFL so you don't- think a
1: dome again for two teams that don't play in a dome yeah. that both play in yeah. cities where weather, especially that time of year, yep. can be a factor. Yep. And you think we're going to yes. play this game in a controlled environment, and that's fine.
3: Yeah, it's it's fine because it's fine because they're not going against Miami or they're not going against Tampa. They're sure. going against a warm weather team where it's going to affect them. So. It, Like, Kansas City not going to go to Buffalo. Oh, my God, it's so cold. It's cold as hell in Kansas City, too. So it's it's not the big advantage that you think because of the opponent. Now, if this was Miami, then it's different because you're like, no, no, we want to play outside. Right. We want them to play out in the weather, the elements and all that stuff. But Kansas City, cold as hell, too.
1: Now, one of the things, I guess, if you're from Buffalo, that is sort of like home is that in Buffalo you get great wings. (laughs) We know in Atlanta, lemon pepper. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? That, listen, listen. At you least might, you have that. You, that, you that, that you that's like a, a taste of, of home in you might,
3: you might lose a couple of players going <laughs> over there to Magic City. Like I don't think type. you're going to
1: lose a couple of players before the AFC <laughs> championship game. 800 like, 3776 I love
3: platinum. Platinum, what the hell are you talking about? I'm all
1: about diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Harlem talk to Kim. What's up, Kim? Kim, you there? Hello.
3: Yes, okay. Yes, I'm here. Yes, yes, you. yes. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Bart, I love you. Absolutely love you. Thanks. Now listen, I am so tired of hearing about this Lamar Jackson who's always hurt.
1: Aaron Rodgers, who just forget it. David Carr, he's unpredictable. Could you believe going into a
3: playoffs like you're talking about cousins? We don't know how reliable. We're not too sure. That's Jared Carr. Can we please talk about maybe perhaps Jordan Love? Could that doing? be an
2: option for the Jets?
3: What do we know about Jordan Love? What do you about think Jordan
2: about Love? that? Give me your
3: opinion. Yeah, what do we know about Save Jordan you? Love? What we we, we what? know nothing, We know just as little as, about Jordan Love if, he, if he's the answer and if he can play. The fact that they decided to give Aaron Rodgers $150 million gives me calls for pause because if you have a first-round draft pick, you, know, you have your option to say, okay, no, we're, we're going to make sure that we're financially, fiscally uh, responsible. But they didn't do that. They made Aaron Rodgers the highest-paid quarterback in, in, in the league. Which means they knew something. that's because something. they didn't believe – that means that mm-hmm. they really didn't believe in Jordan Love. So, I don't know if I can go with that unknown as well. Can no, you imagine it, getting it, Jordan Love it, and he stinks?
1: It's another unknown. Like, you don't really – like, if you're getting somebody that can put you over the top as a franchise, you can't go with somebody that hasn't proven themselves yet. Chris is in North Carolina. What's up, Chris?
3: Hey, what's going on, Barton, Hines? What's uh, happening? Quick thing, if you're looking for some chicken wings in Atlanta, hit up your boy Lou Williams.
1: Yeah. Um, oh yeah. My Let question me little...
3: is: My question is, do you guys consider Baker Mayfield an upgrade over Zach Wilson? And what do you think about uh, giving us some
2: draft capital when going after like a Matthew Stafford?
3: Stafford. Matt has been injured the entire year with his LA. elbow. He's been injured with his elbow, and you know he he escaped Alcatraz by getting out of Detroit <laughs> and going to at least a a organization that seemed like it had his act together. Right. Um I I've, I've been hearing reports that if Sean McVay leaves that potentially one of the guys that might want to take that job is Sean Payton just mm-hmm. simply because of the money that they have there, the high profile and you know the ability to be able to be in a in a destination. That's a destination job. Mm-hmm. If, if 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 now we all know Sean Payton probably wants Justin Herbert the most, but I mean you talk about he can inherit some pretty good weapons on the on the receiver part, you know, I know that, you know, they got to build off his line. They don't have any picks at least for the next year, but it's still a talented roster when you think about it. They yeah. still have Aaron down. They still have Jalen Ramsey. It's they still LA. Still have, it's yeah, still, still LA. It still makes Leonard sense. Floyd.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's a true option as well. Baker Mayfield. Again, if you're going to go Baker Mayfield on me like that, that's the, that's, that's what I mean. These are the moves that if you're the jets, you can't, these are not moves that you are making. Like, that's what, you know, even as much as we, you know, we love Sam Darnold. Like, if you're doing that, that means you were unable to do other things. Like, that can't, the power ranking list of quarterbacks you should be targeting, these are guys that are, like, what, 5 through 10. And if you're getting guys 5 through 10, you had an abysmal offseason. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. The Giants and the Vikings. This has become a game that everybody's looking at, and they're saying the Vikings might have won 13 games, they might have won their division, but it doesn't make them the easy favorite in this game. Listen to what Dan Rolowski told the guys on the Michael Kay Show.
2: Yeah, I, I expect the Giants to win as well. I have felt like Minnesota's a good team. I would say the way that the Giants win this game is if they go after Minnesota's nickel. He can't cover, not not the guys, and, I, and it's shocking to say this, that the Giants have. If they take their slot receivers, and those slot receivers can attack the nickel in coverage because they live in nickel as a defense, meaning a fifth defensive back on the field, if they attack that fifth, fifth defensive back, Chandon Sullivan, uh, they got a huge chance to win that game.
3: Wow. You see it that way, Bart? Dan is naming names. Yes, he is. Calling sure guys out. I'm sure the special advisor to um, the Jets, Ed Donatel, I mean to Minnesota's um, Ed Donatel, is former um, coordinator Mike Patton. Uh He might figure out a way if if he gets this information to try to take that slot receiver away since, you know, we figure out that's what the game plan is. The thing is the, the Giants are going to have to be able to run the ball at a high level. If they can't run the ball at a high level, it's not going to force them into favorable third downs to keep the chains moving, which means that, you know, they can, you know, lose possession of the field, not being able to flip the field. So that's – it starts with, with being able to get – Saquon Barkley going. I think it's going to be right. more. It's going to take more than 84 yards that he got the first game. He's going to have to be special, like 139, a couple of explosive runs, you know, to be able to get this team going, to get that eighth safety in the box, to be able to dictate the rules of engagement. And uh, on the other side, they're going to have to figure out how they stop Justin Jefferson, who went off on him. And with all that, they were still right there. So with the Dory Jackson, it's time to earn that money, right? They they let they let Bradbury go because they decided to keep him. Instead, he has to prove his his worth.
1: Adoree Jackson actually yesterday, remember we got all that uh, positive news about everybody being available for practice yesterday. Yes. Adoree Jackson actually was limited in practice. So was uh, several other players too, Ogilari, uh Leonard Williams. You know, they didn't have him go the whole way. Uh, Feliciano as well, the center. But Adoree Jackson said that he's not sure if he's going to play, that there's oh. some more tests that he has to pass and make sure there's no setbacks. This is all Jordan Renan reporting this. Uh the, the idea is can he play a full game. Now Xavier McKinney way more optimistic
3: and I mean the way Jordan He Jordan's, better get back and do something after that, that hurting himself on all, all time off. All right. I know. How about that?
1: But still like I think that's going to be the story. Like you you know you heard Orlowski talk about the you know the slot receiver and how they can attack um the Vikings. I I think it's that secondary and if they are intact that Because you talked about it, right? You don't put your best on Justin Jefferson.
3: You put Which him on Thielen. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And then what you do is you just bracket Jefferson and try to contain him and just keep them under control. And you know Wink's going to blitz. Wink's blitzing. He's not changing. The, even though that got shredded a little bit later on in that game, he's going to blitz. He's going to bring it.
3: Yeah, he blitzing coming off the bus.
1: Right, exactly. So, like, there's certain areas of this game that you have to watch. How much are you watching, though, the quarterback play? I mean, is Daniel Jones going to be that like? If you're power ranking, is Daniel Jones going to be that impactful? Because I think actually, if I'm going one, two, and three, I'm putting Saquon two after to me the health and durability of the secondary for the Giants in in, in keys to the game for the Giants. Secondary health, Saquon Barkley. I I don't know if I'm even putting Daniel Jones third here. I am because
3: the, the the danger of Daniel Jones is if a play breaks out, he has he has a natural answer. The natural answers is his athleticism, his ability to run with the football in his hands, where Kirk Cousins really don't have that element to his game, so it, it limits the type of coverages that you want to try and play, right. because you know he can take off when you play man to man, man free, everybody turn their backs and running down. If that offense defense line don't get to that quarterback, he just takes off and he'd be running for days. You know, so it's it's kind of like the cat and mouse game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll see. I want to see what they have ready to go like in goal line, short yardage. In the specialty situations, you know, what type of tricks they have up their sleeves to try and take advantage of Daniel Jones' athleticism. All right. Well,
1: there's more people, not only Dan Orlowski, there's more people that do believe uh, in the Giants and what, you know, you can expect out of this game. It, it might be one of the most competitive games of the weekend. We shall see. Obviously, that 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 Bucks Cowboys game is also one we're watching closely to see what's going to happen there. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.